Hello, you are listening to the Real World Podcast, the place where a mother and son, a millennial versus a baby boomer, like to discuss all things real world. Is that is that respectively like the mom is the millennial and the baby boomer is the son? <laughs> that would be a little weird. It's, it's a time traveling parent duo. <laughs> and my name is Bobby. And I am her son, Brian. Awesome. So At least glad I you're hope here. so. I might be time traveling though, in which case that's very strange. So we are new, um, using some new equipment today. So hopefully everything works out well. We um, ordered. Hopefully. We're sharing in some new equipment. We were borrowing uh, equipment before to use, and now we've co-purchased this um, mm-hmm. for our other podcasts that we're doing. I'm creating a new one. More to come on that. And Brian also has uh, another one that he's doing as well. Yeah, I've been, I've been working on it for about a year. I want to have like a full thing recorded before I start releasing it. And so, okay, so wow, okay, so I'll I'll just go ahead and share. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to go ahead and share. That's fine. So I have created. Um, a new podcast, it's called Our Family TV, and I'm going to do a trailer today on that and hopefully following um, family-friendly television entertainment and um, looking forward to that. Cool. Okay. I mean, I, I'm going to be doing a podcast on Star Wars, and it's not going to be family-friendly. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the, it's gonna be about a bunch of, uh, it's going to be me and two of my friends playing D&D together, and they have to raise a bunch of Sith children. Oh, so, so how is it Star Wars versus I'm I'm confused. I thought it was D and D. So well, D and D is just code. Typically, Dungeons and Dragons is like a fantasy setting. Okay. But for most people, they don't understand if I say tabletop role playing game mm-hmm. or tabletop RPG, and so it's okay. easier just to say it's D and D but Star Wars. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Well, today we have a little bit of a heavy topic that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about immigration and the border crisis that we currently have and um gosh we've all seen images from down there in the rio yeah. grande and i tell you it's just heart-wrenching when you see these individuals down there uh, at any point in time it seems like there's about an average of fifteen thousand or so that are under the bridge um just waiting to be like checked in and um you know it, it's been really there's at least this summer, that's kind of mm. what it's been. And, you know, the temperatures get up to 100 degrees and humidity. And so they've brought in, like, portable bathrooms, towels, water, that kind of thing. Um, but what a what a challenge that we are faced with. And, um, you know, I, I don't want this to be political, although it probably will be political. But um, it just seems like... Down with politics. <laughs> well, it just seems like we're not giving it the attention that it needs. Like, we're not yeah. talking about it. in you know, like, and it's because, frankly, I think it's, you know, like a slight right now to Joe Biden, President Biden. As it was like three years ago, everybody got on Trump because they said he was caging children. Children were in cages, which really started under the Obama-Biden administration, how they started handling the border crisis down there at the time. And and President Trump just kind of continued it on. And he did make some changes and so forth. But um, I think I've seen images like far worse um, in, in the last year, but you don't see the media really yeah. focusing on that. What you do see is the media trying to portray the Border Patrol as the evil people. 
simply because they're on a horse and they have a whip. And I get that. I mean, we don't want to see any visions of anyone whipping a person. I know when that first came about uh, a couple weeks ago, the person who took the photo of the Border Patrol, um, you know, after the fact said, hey, but these guys weren't doing anything. I mean, it was, but when you look at the image itself, it looks frightening. I don't think I've seen this said image. Oh, it's horrible. I, I can show it to you, Brian, but it's, it's you I'll know, just you just quick, can't just even imagine. I'll just Border Patrol horse whip. Yes. I mean, like, you could, and you'll find it. And it's, it is it is kind of horrifying. And the way I understand is they have not used it. Um, but just the image alone is really difficult. Oh, yeah. That's, that looks kind of right. terrifying. Yeah, it does look terrifying. Yeah. But that's actually really interesting because that brings up. So uh, I wasn't exactly sure what you wanted to touch on in this topic. I mean, we we briefly talked for literally five seconds saying you wanted to talk about immigration, immigration mm-hmm. uh, about the border crisis, uh, the situation going all, all these kids being detained. And that was one of the things I was really curious about because I assumed at some point it would come up. And so I looked up different stats about immigration of the United States, mm-hmm. as well as I looked up different biased articles for pro-Biden, uh, uh, anti-Biden, and mm-hmm. pro-Trump, anti-Trump and stuff. Yeah, go ahead and share, Brian. Uh, I don't have any of the names of the websites. I didn't think to jot that down. I probably should have. Um, yeah, uh, that's one of them, good what, to cite your sources. One of them Although, let me was, just say, this is a conversation. We don't yeah, pretend to be experts. We're not, I forgot we're not to experts. share that in the beginning. This, this the was, beginning. The, the, and the point isn't necessarily the sources. It was, it was more of the conversation. Uh, but I, one of them was AP, was like Associated Press, and then the other one. It wasn't one of the more stereo. It was it was it was NPR? a Montana. And it was a Montana website. Was the oh. other major one, and then there was also okay. saw an NPR one. Okay. Uh, and then there was a couple others, but the yeah. Uh, but so the interesting thing was that there was talking about especially the Associated Press one because the Associated Press one, excuse me went through like uh, claim by claim of what different people have been saying and saying, is this true or not? And all the dogs are just. That's okay. I'm ignoring them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just ignoring the dogs. Uh, it's really hard because Bella and Lucky are both annoying. Mm. Uh, but anyways. No dogs were harmed in this uh, incident. Yeah, no dogs were being whipped by a man <laughs> on horses. That's right. For sure uh, That's probably not something I should joke about. No. Uh, this shows your side. You're the one who raised me, so it's not really my fault. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's your father's <laughs> side. Uh, no, but so one of, one of the big things that they were talking about is when Trump was president, the big issue is that Trump had a policy that he was okay with separating kids from parents. And when they, when they came across illegally off, uh, uh, over the border is that he would separate them uh, and that Biden got rid of that policy. And I was like, okay, well, how, why, why is it the same amount of kids are being detained still then? Why is it, why has it not gotten better? And so suddenly all the children who are being separated from their parents, that was happening for the previous few years, this last year, they are all now teenagers who came of their own volition. And it's about the same amount of numbers. So I'm just thinking like, really, like all, all those children suddenly, like instead of them being children separate from their parents, they're now teenagers who came of their own free will. And both of those like are possible, but like a 10,000 person swing 
from one extreme to the other seems a bit unlikely to me. Well, I do believe that, um, again, just reading reports and, you know, my, my sources are all over the place as well. I, I don't, um, I try not to get my news from any particular source because frankly, I don't trust any of them. And so I try to, yeah, I try to read multiple sources so that I can try to get a handle on it, try to get facts as, as factual as any of them will report it. But there does seem to be a trend for um, parents having their children go because they would have a better life here and they're willing to give up. So so when I was doing some research on this, um, you know, one of the things that I wasn't clear on was this Title 42. And I'm trying to find my information on the Title 42. That's a lot of titles. It is. Okay, so let's see. Also, don't forget as you're looking at that to speak back into the mic. Yes, I will speak (laughs) back into the mic. Oh, goodness. You know, I had a lot of actual, um, like, documentation on this, and, you know, it's just so hard to find to get to the actual information but the Title 42, I believe, has to do with, um, bear with me one second. So it had to do with, like, people being expelled back to Mexico um, that because of this Title 42 that was put in place, I believe, under the Trump administration... They started expelling people more so, and even, like, if they had repeat expulsions, and it had something to do with, like, they were basically expelling people from certain countries. And I know it was Guatemala, and again, I apologize that I cannot find this. I had this all highlighted and I have so much highlighted that I can't even find it because I really was highlighted a little bit too much. I, I think I did. Like seriously. You do have like thirty pages of material I, there. I, I do because there was this is actually all from Homeland Security. So I mean I felt like it was a really good source, right? It's from the US Customs and Border Protection. And so I thought it was a really good source and I wanted to understand uh, the distinction between how it was handled under um, President Trump than President Biden, because when you look at the numbers, what they're saying is, and it just kind of doesn't add up, it's saying under Biden, he's expelling as many people as uh, as it was under Trump. Okay. Yet we're seeing and hearing about more people being let into the country and I think perhaps what it is is that the numbers really aren't that different, but yet how they're being handled is different. So so they are, like, whereas President Trump handled everybody at the border, kept them at the border. And again, this is primarily that Rio Grande area. Yeah. Um, whereas President Biden is is moving them to all over the United States, so they're not they're only like there temporarily in the Rio Grande and he's sending 3000 here, 3000 there into various detention centers. 
But the problem with that is, is that they have these like temporary detention centers where they've sent like children alone. I know they did one at the fairgrounds out here in LA and there've been all kinds of, of accusations of kids being raped and, you know, them not really having had their health taken care of and not a very safe place for them to go. Um, No, it's a bunch of kids by themselves. Right. It's not going to ever end well. I know. It's just not. It's just not. It is just not. Okay. I actually found where I talked about what Title 42 is. Cool. So, it's any uh, single adult or family crossing the border from Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, or El Salvador was immediately sent back to Mexico without a deportation order, even if they were seeking asylum. So, now I believe, like, people are on to this that are coming to the border, and they're all seeking asylum. And so, so many of them are, although, again, they're not all getting it, but... Again, looking at these statistics, I believe about 40% of them are getting the asylum and the other 60% are being taken back. But now there's a new law that the president of Mexico had um, passed about a year ago and they passed it last year and whereas they refused to accept those the expulsion of these families... Um, especially in the state of, I don't know how to pronounce this properly, but Tamaulipas, which borders the Rio Grande Valley. And then, but then the Biden administration has circumvented that by flying some families or single adults apprehended in Texas to other places along the border and expelling them there. And so then the families expelled this way are, you know, feeling like they're tricked by border control agents who told them they would be released, only to discover at the last second that they're going back to Mexico. And honestly, all of this, as I'm reading through all of this, it is just horrific in my book. Like, seriously, it's horrific. And and it's, yeah. I just know, and Dad and I have talked about this a, lo- a lot of times, if we were in one of these poorer countries, especially with having a family, we would do whatever it takes to get here. Yeah, It's just that simple. Like we would risk our lives and probably the lives of our children for a better life overall. And that's the thing that, that kind of cracks me up and where we can kind of get a little political about this is that we keep seeing the socialization of America, Right more and more things becoming socialized and or wanting to be socialized um, by a number of people and, um, you know, just with all the entitlements and everything. But the reason that people want to come to America is because of capitalism, basically, because they've been able to have the freedom to start their own businesses and to kind of live their lives as they see fit. And to be able to um, be prosperous as a result of that. And so I find it interesting that the countries, and especially the last few months, many people have been coming from um, Haiti, which it's corrupt government. Mm -hmm. Um, That, the earthquakes, I mean, these poor people down there have just suffered greatly. Venezuela is another one. And again, uh, you know, it it's become a social socialized uh, country. 
um, where socialism is prevalent. And, and so they want to come here because they want what we have. And, but then when we're here, it just seems like people have their hand out and they want even more and more entitlements. And, um, well, I, 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 don't I, I, I don't know. I think there's a couple of things I want to talk about there. Uh, the first, it would be the most recent, at least as far as any immigrants I've met, I don't think most immigrants are the type to expect handouts. Most people I've talked to who are foreigners, like, expect, because the expectation coming to America is they have to work for what they want. Can, can I just say, I agree with you 100% on what you're saying here. I'm not saying that they have that expectation. Oh, yeah. This, They're coming here because they want the freedom that the United yeah. States has. But, the but existing, it's the people here. It's yeah, the, it's the existing, existing population. Here. It's here. almost okay. like the people that live here want what they have. But they know better, and that's my whole point. It's like yeah. they know better. They've lived in these countries, and it's like they want what we have in America. Yeah, I mean, it's like that thing where I know Florida didn't go Trump this last election, but the first one when everyone Florida was, did go Trump with the fir- for this last one both. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did. Well, I remember everyone was so By surprised. Like four points. Uh, I remember everyone being so surprised. We're like, why, why would Florida go Trump? And it was like, they have all these immigrants. The Trump's so racist. Oh. But it's, there's so many Cubans there. Who Absolutely. They, they're, they, they're more conservative. They, they Yeah, they came mm-hmm. from a highly mm-hmm. communistic sense of government. And yeah. they're like, yeah, that was awful. I don't want that. I'd rather be like America. Okay, now I'm wondering, I'm second-guessing myself. Am I wrong? Did Trump, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he won. I, I, I might be wrong. I, I'm pretty I, I'm sure pretty, he won I, Florida. I'm going to have to look that up now. Uh, but the other thing I was going to say, and I know you'll probably disagree with me, I always want to be cautious on saying something like socialism is evil. I don't think systems of government are evil. I think people are evil. And I think the way most socialistic governments are set up, and by most I mean all of them to my knowledge, uh, from anywhere between socialism and communism, however they go on that scale, is that all the power resides on one person. So it's really just a dictatorship. And that's like Venezuela. That was like with communist Cuba, communist Russia, uh, and many other places that they call themselves socialists. But I think if you talk to a diehard socialist, like person who believes in the ideology, I don't think that they would believe that's what socialism is. Like I would, I would I say that, like I would, Assume that most people would say that those countries aren't socialist from the way I understand what socialism is. And what would you say they are? Dicta- more dictators? There's more just dictatorships and they're yeah. social. Like, they're still, everything's publicly owned, but by the public, that's just the one man in power. So everything's just owned by him. It's really just a monarchy almost or a dictatorship. Okay. To clarify, I'm looking at the results from the presidential election for Florida for 2020 and Trump had 51.2% and Biden 47.9. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so but uh, so either way, the point though remains of that there's a lot of we're talking about totally. the immigrants. Totally. A lot of immigrants. They do. I'm I'm trying to remember who I talked to. I think it was it was another person at Sandals. One of the things they said is some of the most uh people who are most racist against Hispanics they know are other Hispanics are people who like <laughs> it was like people who grew up in America. It was like we work for what we want. Uh, we don't. Uh, we don't want uh, the more people to come over and make it more difficult, or we don't want uh, more people to demand handouts in America. Not necessarily immigrants, mm-hmm. but it's like we don't want. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just really funny. But this. on that same vein, I think any um, class or or culture, I should say. Um, whether you're talking Hispanic culture, you're talking about African-American culture, like they're their own worst critics. 
you know, and when, and when you look at the presidential election, like Trump got like 15% of the vote, the American, um, African-American vote, I believe it was 15% this time going back to Bush who got like five yeah. and, and because Trump really did do a lot economically for everyone. And so I believe that, you know, um, he was able to persuade more voters in, in various uh, cultures and races to vote for him. Yeah, I think that's definitely very possible. Uh, I don't really have too many comments on that. Well, we, And we're I mean, not here was, to talk it, about it, yeah. that anyway. We're here to talk about immigration. Because so. it's, it's one of those things where it's <laughs> we like... We go down that hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't ever want to speak on behalf of black people in any regard. No, not at all. I'm <laughs> so, just I'm just uh, stating what the facts were as far as like results from the election. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was my last comment it was before we kind of went on that side trail was more so talking about socialistic governments. Is mm-hmm. I, I, I just want to be careful in calling what socialism to be social. Like there's socialistic practices. I think even it became like had a lot of like high level socialistic practices. Like say we had free healthcare, free a bunch of other things. Like we would still be mainly a capitalistic economy. Mm-hmm. We would still be a capitalistic economy. You know, I remember having this conversation with Scott, <laughs> like uh, during season one, during one of the episodes. And he kind of said, something similar to you and I I do think this is probably where millennials and boomers kind of have differences of opinion on um because our you know we've lived during different times and yeah, so I mean you grew up during a good chunk of the red scare like that's a much totally. different worldview it, 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 it is a different worldview and and it's also not just the red scare but also just work ethic like the work ethic from when I was growing up is so different and not just work ethic, but your work place. Like, um, like when I was growing up, you know, the plan was you would go to work somewhere and you would work there for the rest of your life. You would work there 30, 40 years, however long you were going to be in the workplace. And that was an expectation and that's what you did and period. And now, you know, when you look at younger people, they're not satisfied with that. Uh, they typically, um, and this is demographics and, and, uh, information that I learned when I, um, was at the County of Riverside, it was there for 30 years and, you know, that it started changing about five years before I left. So that would have been like, um, 2012, 2010, 2012, things really started changing and we started experiencing, um, issues with, uh, millennials and Gen Z's oh, yeah. and so forth in terms of, not wanting to stick around like that wasn't their objective, you know? And, and so um, for me personally, it's like, I am, I feel so rewarded and blessed at the opportunity to be with the County of Riverside for 30 years. Like I totally enjoyed it. I had various opportunities throughout uh, my time period there. And I can't imagine like wanting to look for another job and yet now younger people generally you can expect them to stay in their profession um and it's not even just like business but even profession like they want to change professions like every five to ten years yeah that's weird to me yeah yeah, i i don't get it but apparently that's what the statistics um that's what uh, you know was yielded back uh 10 12 years ago that's interesting so yeah i'll have to look into that myself a little bit yeah. Uh, yeah. My only comment, I do agree with you to some extent that people do just seemingly 
in the our at least in my generation, I agree that there's a lot of people who don't want to work as hard. Uh, but I also feel like there isn't as much support, or if there isn't as much support, people who aren't supported are more vocal now because of social media and increased technology. I think that's I think that's a big also a, maybe a big difference in maybe our experiences. I feel like there there could have been just as many lazy people in your generation, but they just weren't seen or heard. Well, we or they we may have well, not to be too depressing, but they may have died because well, no, circumstances. No, their laziness would have been more I, d- harmful to them. I I honestly I just I just don't think so. I think, I mean, again. It's my perspective, but, you know, I grew up, um, when I was in elementary school, there was prayer in school. God was very front and center. And I, I feel like we've shifted so far away from that, that now everybody just kind of does their own thing. And we are such a melting pot in the United States. We do have a lot of different cultures, um, so uh, we've just, it's just changed so much. And, you know, the more entitlements that we dangle out there, you know, uh, people are going to want to take advantage of it. When you look at, like, um, home ownership and, uh, like, young people aren't as interested in that. You know, they want the flexibility well, to be able to move around. Again, I'm not... There's always exceptions, and I'm well, just talking about I, generally. I, I, I'm I'm hesitant to say that. I, I know a lot of people who would love to be able to be homeowners who are my age or close to my oh, that's age. that's good to but, hear. I'm glad to hear that. But the reason they can't is because rent's more expensive than mortgages in most places. Well, then why wouldn't you be able Then I mean... Because they can't get enough things to uh, get a credit score because they don't own anything. Well, or the down payment. Essentially, it's the down payment. Their yeah. rent is too expensive, so the they mortgage. Can't even save anything. Like yeah. I know plenty of people who have who their rent is bigger than the mortgage. You guys use oh, yeah. that. Me and I know oh, also I know. that's different. Yeah, but you're getting a good deal. I'm also getting a good <laughs> deal. Brian and his friends are renting our old house. But like I know one of my coworkers who her and her family t- told me that they're more. They're not their mortgage. Their rent before utilities and all that is about. 3k yeah no i and, I, I, I keep yeah. hearing more and more of that that it's in california we're in southern california and, the and they're rent, also in reno valley in like a smaller yeah, house and everything than it's us. the average rent is like 2500 to three thousand dollars like that's typical yeah. now who can afford that like the average when you look at the average wages it's not kept up with that like um the real estate yeah. market and i know it's been this crazy in other parts of the country as well but in southern california it's like seriously outrageous what yeah. how much it's gone up over the last couple years probably about 30 percent and when it already was high to begin with so the average i was just looking at this yesterday the average um a value of a house in california is eight hundred and forty thousand. yeah i mean it's absurd yeah, that's yeah, it's a little crazy yeah, to me. That, no, that's the whole state of California. So that would include L.A. Yeah. and San Francisco and everything where they're crazy. But I was but. Uh, my was real quick before we go back to immigration because yeah. we should go back to our we main topic. We should go back to our main. The, topic. the only other quick thought I wanted to say was about that, and because we could have other follow up discussions, maybe re, like redoing topics, but with me because I'll have different opinions, but similar opinions to Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a big part of also why 
a lot of people in most of my age are more entitled is, as you kind of just said, how a lot of things have been increasing in its cost, but a lot of minimum wage and other things like that haven't been keeping up with it. So whereas before you may have been able to support yourself better on minimum wage or similar like wages 30, 40 years ago, you, you aren't as capable with that same uh, rough, rough equivalent today. Well, here's, here's the thing that really frustrates me as far as like the wages go. And that was what they did last year in the government where they gave the added unemployment. So Brian, you were a substitute teacher. Oh yeah. When COVID came, you were out of a job. However, you got to collect unemployment and not only did you get to collect the employment that one would normally get, Mm -hmm. you got the extra 400 bucks a week that the federal government decided to kick in. It was 600 for a while. The extra 600? It was 600 for for months and then they made it 400. Okay. And then it was three hundred for a little yeah. while. So, and I think California was what like four fifty. Yeah. So you're like a thousand and fifty dollars a week. Okay, a week to sit at home and not work. Well, that that's yeah, that's if you put the max in. Okay, but that's yeah. fine. But let's just but presume yeah. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah, the yeah. max, and a lot of people would get the max. So you're sitting at home to collect a thousand and fifty dollars, and then I know that many people basically collected that to the very end and chose not to. Even though you've got these help wanted signs everywhere, they chose not to go to work because they didn't want to work at a restaurant or another retail store or something. Even though in California, the minimum wage is $15 an hour. It's not quite 15 yet. It's going to be 15. I think it's next year, the year after. But we see, I see billboards on the freeway close to where we work in Banning, McDonald's starting at $17 an hour. And, and so, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the wages have been creeping up, but you have to, this gets back to the work ethic. You know what? Dave and I have always said, we'll do whatever it takes to, to, to feed our family. If, if we have to live in an apartment and um, uh, work at McDonald's, flipping burgers or for scrubbing toilets, whatever it takes, that's what we're going to do. But some people don't feel that way. And frankly, I feel well, like the younger generation doesn't feel that way. And I do think that is a distinction so, between my age and your age. So real quick, that that, that brings me up a fun, fun follow-up question. So say you go to <laughs> McDonald's, you do whatever it takes, you get that $17 an hour. Mm-hmm. You're still making less than $1,000 a week. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it almost be better then to take care of your family, to not take a job for as long as you can to get more money to support them? I guess I don't even understand what you're asking me. So to say, talking about, you say As you get compared them. To, but, but, but where are you getting money? We're talking about unemployment. No, but, but that unemployment, I'm paying for that unemployment. So I get to work harder. I get to personally get to work harder so that you can sit at home and collect unemployment. Because it's coming from my taxes. So that's just wrong. It's just wrong. Now, when you talk to... President Biden, he'll say, I want corporations to pay for it. But you know what? That isn't how it works. Corporations are just going to pass it along to higher prices or, you know, less dividends to their investors. And then those investors are going to leave and go somewhere else. It just doesn't work that way. You know what? You have to work hard. And when you work hard, you will be rewarded. Okay. And I I get that. That was a bit of a non-answer to me, though. Because so my question is, if you would effectively support your family more by prolonging your unemployment because of the benefits of unemployment. How are you supporting them more? I guess I don't understand. Because we talked we talked about that comparison, saying compared to you getting $17 an hour at Mickey mm-hmm. D's, 
That's still mm-hmm. less than a thousand bucks a month. We're talking about that six hundred bucks a week. Thousand bucks a week. I'm sorry. Okay. That's still less than that. So you'll be earning more on unemployment with that four fifty plus six hundred in California. But when you're working, don't you have a different, a whole different perspective on life? Like, don't you have a different motivation, a different purpose when you get up in the day? See, this is where I have a problem with entitlements but, because but, and why but i'm what i'm i'm trying to the bit I'm, I, I love you mom but you're not answering my question i'm trying to if yes you, i am answering your question because you don't let me answer the question i'm sorry we're supposed to be modeling good behavior here but we're not doing it so much right now no but um okay then then continue <laughs> let, let me let me finish that thought just because i'm old and i'll forget it otherwise <laughs> yeah keep, keep finishing your thought okay so Okay, so what is $17 an hour? What is that? I'm just going to get my little old trusty calculator out. So we've got 40 times 17. So 680. So let's say $700 a week. So yeah, so that's about 30% less than what you would be collecting on unemployment. But there is a value to that, an inherent value to going to work because you have a purpose. You have... Um, a different respect for yourself and what it is that you need to, to be doing. I mean, again, keeping in mind, again, I'm looking at it fr- from a Christian perspective, and I understand the United States is not, what, regardless of whatever people say, it is not a Christian country, okay? I think there are a lot of Christians in it, but it's like from a, as a Christian, you don't work, you don't eat, Okay. That's just kind of how I look at it. I feel like we are responsible for doing what we need to do in order to feed our family. I have always felt that way. Always. And so you're going to work in order to feed your family. And if you have the means to work, then you need to do that, even if it's less than what you would be getting on unemployment. Because you're going to start feeling differently about who you are, and your worth by sitting on your butt. I'm sorry. I truly feel that way. Okay. Now, mind you, mind I say I've never been unemployed in my life. <laughs> so I've been working since I, well, as a kid because I babysat and then I started working as soon as I could get a work permit at 16. Okay. And I've been working ever since. Well, and even after I retired. And, and <laughs> I I'm not work. saying I disagree with you. Uh, the, the whole point was me trying, me trying to figure out was... That four hundred dollars or three fifty or whatever, that can be a real difference maker for some people, and it might be the difference between them being able to effectively support their family. No, or not. but here's the point, Brian. They weren't making that before. Well, they they could have. They no, could have been. No, but they weren't. But I'm saying they weren't making that before. What if you were making six figures because and now that's still half? You're comparing somebody who's going to McDonald's to work at seventeen dollars an hour. They were probably making twelve dollars an hour or thirteen dollars. But an that hour. might not no, be but, the case. Okay. There's so many people who they just didn't get their jobs back or things for a long while after so, COVID. So, yeah, but the people that were really losing their jobs were the business owners and they got nothing. It was the small business owners that really were put in a very challenging position because they didn't get, it's kind of like the the, the mortgage owners, like the the. The people that have the homes, you know, where for a year and a half, people didn't have to pay their their rent. and But the mortgage owner, if they didn't pay their mortgage, they would be losing their, ho- their homes, 
either that or it would be tacking up and they would owe all this money yeah. after 18 months. But where are they? Where's their protection? Is it because they're a homeowner? They're, you know, yeah, they don't get the protection. Get it. yeah, it's just not right. I, I agree with you. What The whole point of me was me trying to say was because I think there have been plenty of people who that they got let go and the money that they got from unemployment was still could have been less or not enough to support their families. Well, and that's a and, different issue and but, we well, probably shouldn't my, my, dwell on I just, what I was just want to say is because I think for my case, of course, it was me using the system. Of course, I didn't apply for as many jobs as I could have because why would I want to apply? I, I could have applied to a bunch of fast food jobs during COVID. I didn't because why would I do that when everyone's being jerks during COVID and I could, whereas I could have been making a thousand bucks a month or a thousand bucks a week. Mm-hmm. Uh Whereas but in, you did work when you could, whenever I, I did, and I worked the jobs that available. I wanted. Yeah, but yeah. I think, but it was just I don't want to judge every single person out there I, who may have I'm been. Not. I know I'm not judging individuals. I'm judging the system. It's the system yeah. that the government created. Like that's where that's, my issue yeah. is. It's not individuals that are kind of taking advantage. I mean, I understand your perspective because yeah, that's going to be what people are going to do. I mean, many people or most people are going to say, well, if I can sit at home and make a thousand, I'm going to do that versus working my tail off to make 700. I mean, if they have the option, I would say the majority of people are going to take that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that I wouldn't, but you know what? I don't know if you had a family and you had I kids mean, and you could spend time with them and you're doing but the whole thing with the homeschooling, which yeah. was a nightmare in and of itself. But I think it was not just that, but also imagine if the difference of that was to that thousand dollars or that $300 could have been that maybe what if that was a difference maker is what I'm saying. That's, uh, that's, 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 I know we're, we, we don't mean to, we don't need well, to keep the only reason on I this. would tie we're, this. We've talked about this right. for like 10 minutes. We now. have, I know. And, but we, in tying it back to immigration though, it's like these people that are coming over here would be, you know, they're, they'd gladly take these positions yeah. for whatever. Because from where they're coming from, it's just horrendous and it's corrupt. And, you know, they have no opportunities. And so they're happy to take those McDonald's jobs and, you know, wherever else, getting paid minimum wage um, to have the opportunity to um, thrive, yeah, because in their mind, it's still better than what they had elsewhere. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. They're, so they're, we get spoiled here in the U.S. We, we do. I mean, we do. And, but, and, and that's my problem with what we were just talking about. It's like the government, you know, it would have been fine. Like when they did this thing back in early 2020, like if they did it for a couple months, I have no problem with it. They, it, they did it for a year and a half. I mean, it's way too long. People went back to work way before that. Yeah. Everything was opened up. As soon as everything was opened back up, which was like summer of last year, 2020, that should have stopped. The ones that should have had the opportunities would have been the small businesses where they lost money for those months because the government shut them down. They're the ones that should have been reimbursed. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with that. I don't think I should have been getting as much money as I did. No, you shouldn't have. I mean, it's like, and I told you that at the time I said, no, you, know, you didn't kind of like, you said you're lucky. For you. Yeah. I said, good for you. But you know, and every time it was extended, you, you, you were like, yeah, you're lucky. Mm-hmm. And I was, I mean, that helped me. Totally. Put, that money is what helped me put a down payment on my car when it took yeah. a dump. Yeah. But again, that car wasn't barely used for a year because it couldn't go anywhere because of COVID. So that could have been part of it. So let's so get back I think that's to immigration. A big part of it. So one thing I wanted to mention is, um, 
you know, my biggest concern with the border crisis that we have right now is letting people in that are, you know, like part of the like MS-13 gang and, you know, like it's more of a safety concern. I am not at all concerned about families that want to come here and seek asylum. Let them in. I mean, frankly, I'm sorry, but yes. But, yeah. um, but what, when I'm reading here from the U.S. Customs and, and, and Border Protection, um, they're saying that it represents this border crisis that we have. It represents a humanitarian challenge, but it's not a security challenge. So, you know, they're feeling like they're able to protect us and that they already are able to sort out the questionable people. Yeah. I'm just not convinced of that. I'm just not. Yeah, you're saying like maybe they're lying because why else would yeah. they be holding all these people? Exactly. I'm just saying I, I don't I don't believe that for a moment, and I think there's enough of them that that slip through, and that's my primary concern is whether they're coming from the border or they're coming from Afghan. I mean, like Afghanistan. You know, supposedly we've I've heard so many different numbers on this. I don't even know what's true, but I've heard we've oh, brought like a yeah. hundred thousand people from Afghanistan over. Now, oh, I heard like 10,000. Okay. Well, let's say it's 10,000 even. <laughs> I you, could be way wrong, though. Like, look how quickly the Taliban took over. Like, yeah. how, how that happened so quickly and people caved. How many of these 10,000, but I think the number's closer to 100,000. How many of these people do we even really know who they are? Like, it, so many of them could be lying. I mean, they're, they're, they're already plotting another 9-11. Like, you know, I'm just not convinced that they know what they're doing, frankly, and being able to identify the bad guys. Well, I get that. Uh, I honestly, it didn't surprise me at all with the way that happened because Afghanistan and the surrounding area has always seen us as invaders, it's always been about getting us out. And that's why I'm not too concerned about the Taliban coming and doing something because they're not the mo- worst extremists. They're extremists who want to be extreme in their territory. They're not that interested in coming over to the United States. Hmm. I'm not there saying are, that they are, but yeah, you but know you're saying there's going to be some that would like to infiltrate. Maybe. So that they can probably. spy and do but whatever they I, need to do. I also don't think we should go around pointing fingers at every single like image. I know you're not saying uh, that. And I'm not at all saying that. Uh, I'm be, just saying... Again, this is, is it's it's the same concept before as individuals that are making the choice to stay home and collect unemployment versus to go get a job. It's not the individual so much that I'm pointing at. I'm talking about the institution that's responsible for this. I mean, the primary job of the federal government is to keep us safe. And so it's, by golly, they they need to be make sure making sure that they're vetting these people properly, whether it's at yeah. the uh, Rio Grande or coming from Afghanistan. And you just don't and feel like they I, can questionably, that they can I successfully, I mean. I, I just, uh, you know what? Because we hear nobody, per, nobody reports the truth. Like, we can't even figure out what the truth is. We hear so many different statistics, and it's because all of the media is so biased. It didn't used to seem that way. Like, when I was a kid, you could watch the nightly news, and you could just believe it. Like, you just could. And now it is just... Like, they don't even report on this crisis hardly. You know, like the real truth of it. Because they don't want President Biden to look bad. Like, they reported on it a lot when Trump was in with the children in cages. That's all we heard about was children in cages. 
You don't hear anything about it now. And it's like, I want just the truth reported. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, because I don't trust what they're doing. Yeah. That's why I don't trust them. So this is, what, again, I think this goes back to one of our very first episodes with me and you, whereas I agree with your conclusion that it's hard to trust, but I, I mean, mean you have different views of the cause. I don't think it is people not wanting to bash Biden. I think it's bashing Biden won't sell well for most audiences. And so people then, the most news places don't do it because like it won't bring them as much money. Whereas in, if it's conservative, it makes a lot of money because ha-ha Biden old, ha-ha Biden dumb. Yeah, and CNN's, then that makes a lot of money for conservative news sites. CNN's viewership is down 40% since Trump is out of office. Yeah, so. and so it's like... they like <laughs> So it's that a, supports your theory. Yeah, and it's just like, uh, yeah, Biden, uh, Trump was a much, huge money maker for them because... Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah. Because everyone hated him. Yeah. Uh, well, not everyone. <laughs> Oh but yeah, no, no. The ones I mean, that watch CNN, yeah, and MSNBC. But it's like Biden doesn't sell well because he's a older guy who sometimes speaks a lot of nonsense, and that a lot of their viewers tend to be Democrats. So if they started bashing Democrats, mm-hmm. they'll lose even more of their viewership. Yeah, yeah. We spent a lot of time on things that weren't we immigration. We really <laughs> did, but you know what? I think it was still good. Well, it was good. It was good. So I don't know what else you wanted to share, Brian. Uh, well, there was a couple of quick questions that I wanted us to answer. Okay. Uh, well, I guess first, I also had a couple stats I just wanted to share just were a little bit interesting. Uh, I guess if you're already listening and listened this far, you, you probably, <laughs> <laughs> after all these tangents. Right. Uh, so according to the U.S. Census Bureau, uh, there's around estimate of a 50 million total foreigners in the United States. Hmm. Uh, as wow. of as of a couple of years ago, it was like two years ago. It could wow. have changed during COVID, obviously. So you're saying about non-citizens. Non-U.S. citizens. Okay. There's about 50 million foreigners. Wow. About 35 of those, a little bit more than 35 of the 35 million. 35 or 35 million? 35 million. Okay. <laughs> th- a little bit more than 35 million of those are here legally, are okay. legal immigrants. So they have green cards. Uh, 11 million of the 50 million, uh, a little more than 11 and a half million are people here illegally estimated mm. and then about three and a half are neither of those uh, which which mean? means yeah it's, it's i had to take a minute to, <laughs> take, took a minute to do this too that's like students so foreign oh, okay. exchange students uh <laughs> representatives diplomats uh or people who are just workers okay so like they maybe they work for a company that exists like say they maybe they work for apple they started mm-hmm. in china and then apple relocated them oh, to okay. america all right okay that makes sense uh so there's about three and a half million of those okay uh, so that's a lot of people. I is. can't even fathom that. Yeah, these numbers are all astounding to me. Yeah, yeah, and who knows? Those are also just estimates. It, I was surprised to see that they didn't have an actual another a newer estimate. The most recent one was 2018. Mm. I was surprised they didn't have one with the. Well, it takes census. a long time to collect, you know, statistics uh, and stuff. So yeah, it was just that. I was just sharing that, and then I think a big part of the why is one: we're called to love our neighbor. That the reason we why are. this is important for discussion, we are. But and as as important as that is, we're talking about like the story of Acts with the early church, and a lot of them shared communally. Uh, mm-hmm. People shared and gave, and uh, then there was problems because people lied about what they were giving and sharing with Ananias and Sapphira. Mm-hmm. Others were complaining about not getting their fair share uh, with like the widows because they couldn't work and they couldn't provide for themselves. Uh, and it was like all that while. Uh, there's the the big problem of there's only so many resources 
there's a limited amount of resources. Mm-hmm. And a part, so one of the fall of one of the main question is like regarding our line as maybe a, as Christians, we should have, it's like, we want to be as open armed as possible. We want to be as loving as possible, but there's also the aspect of we have finite resources, like how open armed should we be before it starts being a detriment to the other people who are already supporting? Well, I think that's the big, the big issue altogether. And yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, how I don't, much money are we printing? <laughs> yeah. It's you like, <laughs> cause there, there's, there's the, uh, there's also the aspect of it's like, it's, it's almost like how many kids can I adopt before it starts making it so I'm abusing the kids I've already adopted because yeah, of how unable totally. I'm to support them. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think yeah. we have the capacity, me or you, maybe maybe eventually, but uh, to have, have the capacity to like figure out what the kind of number that would be. Well, and I I'm, think the big issue, though, here on immigration is whether it's legal immigration or illegal immigration. You know, as far as the statistics for yeah. legal immigration, I find it interesting that... The, the countries of nationality that come here legal, legally, the top five countries are Mexico, India, China, Philippines, and Cuba. Yeah. And as, as compared to the border crisis that we're currently or have been facing for the past several years that have been coming up from South America. Um, so it is a different makeup of people, you know, because now we currently we have a lot of Haitians, Venezuelans, um, I mean, I, you know, it's just, it's just all, it's all so complex. I don't think any of us have the answers. I think the key is for us to talk about it. I think we need to be humane. We definitely need to love our neighbor as ourselves, And that includes everybody. Yeah. A foreigner or not. Um, And there is the humanitarian side of things. It's like, we can't, it's just, it's really hard for me to look at these images images of these people underneath that bridge in texas and i just can't even fathom that like it's just it's just horrific but on the other hand like you were just saying but how hard do we have to work like maybe we just have to continually work hard like that's just what we do our whole life yeah so that we can help other people maybe that that is the answer i don't know I don't have the answers, but we're yeah, here to converse about these things. And yeah, there and there's there's not a there's not like even necessarily a clear cut answer. I know there's not because no. it's like it's not like the church because a lot of people a lot a lot of people who are more of like oh we should just provide or just print more money kind of that attitude. Like yeah, a lot of people work. who are Christians with that attitude will point to the early church, kind of like I briefly mentioned, say, let's look how they shared and they shared with everything they had and they kind of lived in almost like a socialist idealized commune. But the problem with that is it didn't stay that way forever because they clearly ran into problems as well. So it's like even if we were to try and just keep working harder and harder or we try to do another method, it's not like we will stop running out of problems. Eventually, we always will have a problem. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a big part of it is also how we handle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when you see, like, I mean, not necessarily you, spe- you mom, but you listeners or us, me and you, but when we see someone who's Hispanic, like we should check ourselves maybe to see if you have a negative thought. Like... Oh, are they just here? Like, oh, they don't speak English. Like, they're probably here illegally. And then from there, have more negative thoughts about them. Like, mm. we should catch ourselves if we do something like that. Mm-hmm. If we see a group totally. of, of uh, Mexicans sitting out in front of Lowe's, because that's a big stereotype, right, of Lowe's or Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, okay, well, they're, 
so what if the stereotype is even true about they just want to work their butts off to provide for themselves? Totally. Yeah. So we shouldn't think, oh, they want to work. Oh, like what losers? Like but we shouldn't think anything like that. Here yeah, is immigrants they appear to work harder than the ones that are here, and that's kind of what what we were talking about yeah. before. And it's like that's the irony here, and it's like they're coming here for the capitalism, and yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what made the U.S. great. Yeah. I mean, why everybody wanted to come here is for the American dream. Yeah, and it's uh, it is. I mean, that's true. Because I mean, as you were talking about a bit before about like the like you feel fulfilled as you work Absolutely. and everything. I mean, I can attest to that. I you mean, feel like you earned like the food that you bought at the store. Like you did this. Somebody didn't give it to you. And I always ask people, like. If, if I were to give you something, let's say um, I give you a car. I have an extra car. You need a car. I give you a car. Thank okay? you. You've done that twice for me. <laughs> no, you're paying for your car. Um, but, like, I give well, you a one. car. Okay. But let's say you had to save three years. Yeah. You worked really hard to save three years to buy a car. Which one do you think means more to you? Yeah, it's the one that you saved for. Totally. And so when you're given a handout, you don't appreciate it. Now, let me just say this. There are times when everyone needs help. That's not what this is about. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you earn it, when you work hard to make it happen, there is this level of satisfaction and appreciation that makes you feel differently about yourself and the world. Mm -hmm. Truly. And so that's where I am. And that's where I feel like if more people felt that way, we wouldn't have as many issues as we do. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, I felt like to some extent, like subbing was the easiest job in the world. And I like doing it. I started getting really annoyed with it near the end because of the immaturity issues that COVID created. Uh, Maybe that could be a subject of another podcast about my, I now have a deep concern about the coming generation of people who were maturing during COVID. That just means that you're getting older. Uh, No, 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 no. Because there is, there is a, there is a lot of sophomores who just, their last time they were in school was middle school. And so they had zero maturity yeah. increases because right. right. normally a big, a big maturity increase halfway to the end of your uh, yeah. freshman year. Yeah. Anyways, though, uh, was there anything else you wanted to nope. talk about? I, I think I covered everything and more. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us. I was going to share a couple of verses at the end, just yep. like always. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Exodus twenty two twenty one. So this is not too long after the Ten Commandments. This is part of God establishing his covenant with Israel after they freed them. he freed them from Egypt. You will not oppress a stranger or torment them because you were also strangers in the land of Egypt. Mm-hmm. So you know what it's like to be an immigrant. Totally. Don't be jerks to other people. Right. And even though a lot of people, maybe in America now, don't feel that way, unless we're Native Americans, at some point we were immigrants down mm-hmm. the line. Absolutely. And we shouldn't take that for granted. Mm -hmm. And then this one might feel a little bit out of context, but this is just more so for the people who are in need. As Jesus is saying, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. When we're kind to people who are down on their luck, when we're kind to people who are just going through so many problems, I mean, Jesus himself says that it's like we're doing it to him. And so that is just something so important that I feel convicted to keep in mind 
Uh, just as we go through our day, as we struggle with thoughts, maybe with our biases or whatever is going on inside of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, just remember to feel a little bit more grace and imagine if that person was your savior. <laughs> He's just down on his luck. Mm-hmm. For some reason, everyone's disliked him in this area and he hasn't gotten food in a week. Mm-hmm. Like, would you give a man who was Jesus, but he would look like a hobo with nasty facial hair, smelt terribly. Like, would you give him a free meal? Would you help him up on his feet? Would you offer him that job? Or would you kind of just turn the other cheek and just walk away? But that is all I wanted to share. Okay. This is a way to challenge you guys. And Appreciate that, uh, Brian. Everyone enjoyed. I, I love to be challenged by you. And with that, if you have any thoughts, comments, suggestions for new topics, please email us at realworldpod at gmail.com. That's realworldpod at gmail.com. So we'll say so long for now.